when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. These words are taken from the Broadway play Hair, the hit song, The Age of Aquarius. And it somewhat highlights uh, uh, the whole situation that we find our nation in today and the craze for astrology. <clears throat> According to astrology, about every 2,200 years, a new age dawns. Uh, sometime in this century, supposedly, uh, the sun on the first day of spring will arise out of the segment of sky or the house of the constellation Aquarius. And this will be the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Uh, the different astrologists uh, differ as to when this age began or will begin. Some dated back to 1904. Some say it hasn't happened yet. Astronomers tell us that you really can't tell exactly. The star age, each star age is supposed to influence the earth in various ways, such as it brings about new forms of worship, it brings about uh, new systems of government, new systems of ethics. For instance, they would say that uh, during the age of uh, Taurus, the bull, that you found bull worship very present uh, among the peoples of the earth. Or they would say that the Piscean age, the fish, uh, dawned around the time of the coming of Christ. And uh, this was responsible for the choice of the fish as a symbol, one of the symbols by the early Christians. Uh, the age of Aquarius, which supposedly has dawned now, is to be an age of harmony and peace, a day of salvation. Whether a new star age has dawned and whether it influences the earth, uh, one thing is for certain. And there's a new interest in astrology. Uh, you find here in the United States that uh, there's some 40 million who dabble in astrology, some 10 million are devotees of it, some 10,000 uh, full-time astrologers, uh, some 175,000 who are part-time practitioners of it. Uh, you find uh, this is not just here in America, but widespread in uh, France. Uh, Astrology magazine has a circulation of 400,000. In Britain, uh, the uh, surveys indicate that two-thirds of the adult British people read their horoscopes and so on. A real tremendous new interest in astrology and involvement in it. Uh, let's approach this subject of astrology uh, from uh, asking certain questions. Number one, what is astrology? And number two, uh, what does the Bible say about it? Number three, what should be our attitude toward it? Number one, what is astrology? The word astra, star, uh, and the word logos word put together, the word of the stars or the, the science of the stars. And uh, the word... Uh, Zodiac has to do with the uh, 12 constellations that make up the circle uh, about the earth, supposedly. Uh, the 12 traditional ones, such as Leo the Lion and Virgo the Virgin and Scorpio the Scorpion and uh, Aquarius the Water Bearer and so on, the 12 traditional ones. Uh, these are supposed to influence man, and <clears throat> the combination of these constellations plus eight planets and the sun and the moon uh, when you figure out just what position these planets were in at your birth, 
then you'll know their influence on you. The newborn babe supposedly inbreathes the vibrations of the stars, and this determines his characteristics for life. And they influence you in various ways throughout life. Uh, the uh, determining the relation of these stars in reference to the place and time of your birth and then predicting what you're going to be like and what your fortune and fate will be is called your horoscope. Uh, they cast or construct a horoscope for you. Uh, to <clears throat> uh, think in some of the areas where this is supposed to influence you, it covers everything from marriage and uh, financial success, politics, uh, uh, your whole fate and fortune is wrapped up in your horoscope. We need to keep in mind the distinction between astrology and astronomy. Astronomy is the scientific study of the heavenly bodies, their magnitude, their distance from us, their uh, composition, and so on, a valid science. Astrology, a pseudoscience. What does the Bible say about astrology? The most explicit reference is found in Isaiah 47. Uh, we need a little background on that passage. Uh, Isaiah had predicted, or God through Isaiah had predicted, that uh, his people would go into captivity. Judah would be taken captive to Babylon. Uh, then he had predicted that through an unborn man whom he named Cyrus, uh, some 150 years before his birth, God names him, that his people would be released. Cyrus, king of Persia, would come and conquer Babylon and release uh, the people of Judah, to go back to their nation, they would rebuild, with the help of Cyrus, their city of Jerusalem and the temple. Uh, now, Isaiah <coughs> moves to Babylon itself, and God, through Isaiah, tells what's going to happen to Babylon. And he says that Babylon will be destroyed. In uh, verse 1 of this 47th chapter of Isaiah, Come now and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called uh, tender and delicate. Your days of luxury are over. You're going to be destroyed. And God tells why. And among other reasons, it's because of their involvement in the occult. In verse 9, these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day. The loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. Here's the sin, one of the sins that God is punishing her for, her occult practices. The specific reference to astrology then comes as God addresses the astrologers and says, Now let's see you save Babylon from the destruction that I'm going to bring upon her. In verse 12, Stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so be, thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Uh, of course, they won't be able to do it. <clears throat> and uh, here's the, the thrust of this passage. But these verses bring before us two things about astrology. Number one, the wickedness of it. 
Number two, the worthlessness of it. Number one, the wickedness of it. Uh, God is punishing them for this sin. And this is just parallel to many other passages of Scripture that refer to astrology and to all of your occult practices, your efforts to uh, have power and to be able to predict the future apart from God. Uh, many passages of Scripture that condemn such practices. For instance, Jeremiah 10.2, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verses, excuse me, chapter 18, verses 9 following, God tells uh, his people that when they come into the land of Canaan, which he is going to give to them, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, a medium, or a wizard, or a necromancer, one who traffics with the dead. For all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Uh, it's condemned throughout Scripture. Some would object, and they would say, but there are certain passages of Scripture that uh, seem to uh, give some credence to what the astrologers claim, the influence of the planets and so on on the earth. When we say what passages, immediately we referred to such as we find in Genesis 1.14, where it says, God set the sun and the moon and the stars in the skies for signs and for seasons. But obviously that's not saying that they influence the earth. They do comprise signs, and they do have a voice. They declare the glory of God. They show us the power of God. And they do create seasons on the earth. And this is one function of his placing them there. But that's not to say that they control the earth in any sense. Again, uh, uh, various other passages such as Joseph uh, reading dreams and interpreting them, but Joseph didn't interpret them by the stars. He got his information from God when he interpreted dreams. The only uh, verse alleged that I could find uh, any seeming credence to is the one over in Judges 5, verses uh, 20 and 21, where it says that the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. In the days of Deborah, God raises up Deborah to free them from the king Sisera says the stars in their courses fought against him in the great final battle there. Uh, when we look closely at the context, we find that it refers also to the river there overflowing. And uh, when we uh, try to piece it together, we think, well, perhaps what's being said in this poetic song of Deborah, Deborah's is that... <clears throat> Uh, through the instrumentality of a storm, God uh, lent aid to the forces that were fighting against Sisera. And when we read the Jewish historian Josephus, that's exactly what Josephus says took place. Maybe that's the explanation of that alleged verse. Uh, it's poetic language in a song and shouldn't be taken to indicate that the stars controlled that battle. Uh, <clears throat> again, uh, we need to think of what effect astrology has on an individual soul. What effect does it have in a person when he begins to delve into this? 
You can see how it begins to impair his ability to make decisions. Instead of using the judgment God gave him, he immediately begins to run and consult his horoscope. Uh, Again, it's idolatry. It's attributing to created things power that belongs to the Creator alone. He alone controls. And we do not need to be afraid. It's a sin to be afraid of created things. Uh, Only fear Him and then fear no man and fear no created thing, in a a sense. Uh, The uh, effect of astrology is that instead of sending a man to God uh, in prayer for guidance, it sends him to an astrologer or to his horoscope rather than to the Scriptures. Long ago, John Calvin said, As soon as that error prevails, that the life of man is governed by the influence of the stars, the judgment seat of God is overthrown, so that he is not the judge of the world in inflicting punishments or in restoring to life by his mercy those who were perishing. They think that the stars, by their irresistible influence, control the life of man and thus leave nothing to God. It's idolatry. The wickedness of it is obvious. The worthlessness of it is brought out in this passage, too. Isaiah uh, says, you won't be able to save Babylon. You can't help. You can't save. Earlier in Isaiah, in the uh, 44th chapter, in the 21st verse, uh, God had said that uh, they would not be able to show the future, that, they, that he would frustrate the diviners and uh, the tokens that they would show, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars and maketh the diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward and maketh their knowledge foolish. So they can't save the nation. They can't really accurately show the future. God confirms the word of his servants, brings to pass the things that Isaiah and the other writers of Scripture predicted, but he frustrates the predictions of the astrologers. Uh, why is it when you read the, the predictions of the astrologers more often than not, their predictions don't come true? For instance, a classic case. In April of 1969, the astrologers predicted that there are going to be a, a disastrous earthquake in California and that as a result, part, if not all, of California was going to slide into the Pacific Ocean. People left California, moved out because of this prediction of the astrologers. It got so bad that Governor Reagan, who had uh, planned to take his vacation and leave the state in April, had to explain to the public that he wasn't leaving because he thought California was going to drop into the ocean, but that he had planned this for months and that he was going to go ahead and take his vacation. What happened in April of 1969? Nothing. Total blunder. Again, why is it that uh, their, their predictions are so uh, couched in language that enables them to weasel out no matter what happens? Uh, it's so trite. For instance, here's a typical newspaper horoscope column one day last February. February 20 to March 20. Uh, <clears throat> things will run smoothly in some areas, roughly in others. <laughs> Well, you get the feel of it, you know. Uh, You know, that's not to say that uh, 
the uh, there's no element of truth in the concept that the stars influence the earth. Uh, disease peaks out when the sunspots are at their maximum. And the sunspots are at their maximum when uh, Jupiter and Saturn line up in a certain way. Uh, we know that shooting stars produce widespread rain. These are scientific facts, but... To say that there's some mysterious controlling influence of the stars and individual's destiny or the destiny of nations, this is totally unbiblical and unscientific. That's not to say again that there's no uh, power involved in the system of astrology or that it's innocuous. Uh, on one occasion, uh, a preacher uh, decided uh, to prove that there was absolutely nothing to astrology. And so at considerable expense to himself, he had his horoscope delineated, cast, and uh, then he let it be known what was predicted that was going to happen to him, and he sat back waiting to disprove these predictions. To his amazement, the predictions began falling out just as predicted. It really scared him, and he couldn't figure out why. After several years of struggling with this, he decided that he had sinned against God when he involved himself in this. And he repented and he asked God's forgiveness. He decided that, that demonic powers, spiritual beings, evil angels, had controlled his life in such a way that the predictions had come to pass. And it's interesting, when he repented and asked God's forgiveness and asked to be freed from this thing, his horoscope from that point on ceased to be true, ceased to come to pass. This is reported by Merrill Unger in his book, uh, Demons in the Modern World. We see uh, uh, the <clears throat> what astrology is and what the Bible says about it. What should be our attitude toward astrology? Well, number one, uh, we should strictly avoid contact with it. It's a sin. It's an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Again, uh, it invites the activity of, of demons. It invites the attack of evil spirits. Uh, some of the uh, books that are being written today, the very excellent treatments of what's going on today and uh, among young people, particularly those who get involved in the occult or in drugs. Here's one, The Weird World of the Occult by Walter L. Knight. And you got... Case after case recorded here of uh, the uh, things that begin to happen, weird things, terrible things to young people who got involved in the occult practices, including astrology. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the human soul is something like a, a castle. It's protected in a sense. But when we open ourselves to such influences, it's kind of low in the drawbridge, we invite Unwanted guests, I'll assure you, and they're not easy to get rid of. We should strictly avoid it, <clears throat> but also we should supply the answer to this dark world. What is the answer? The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the film, Martin Luther, Stolpitz asked Luther, he says, Listen, if you take away the amulets, if you take away the beads, the rosary, the crucifix, what are you going to put in its place? Luther comes back with a magnificent reply. Christ! That's what we put in the place of all of these weird attempts and illegal attempts 
unbiblical attempts for power and for knowledge and for wisdom. We put Christ, Christ the wisdom of God, Christ the power of God. Christ can save. In this same passage, he speaks of him being the redeemer of his people. Redeemer. He set them free from bondage in Babylon, and he brought them out to their own land. That was just a picture of the much greater redemption that he would... God would accomplish through Jesus Christ years later when he would send Christ and he would die for the sins of his people. He would take their guilt upon himself and free them from a much greater bondage, the bondage of guilt, the bondage of the power of sin. He breaks the power of reigning sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the sinful clean. His blood availed for me. That's what we put in the place of all of this. He can save, and He does save. And He can show. He can give us guidance. He can lead and direct. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We've got to cut that light on. We cut that light on when we take the gospel of Christ to this world groping in darkness and afraid. Men are afraid. That's why they turn to such things. They're curious. We take the gospel and we cut on the light. But an individual has to switch on the light in his own life. And we do that by faith and repentance, by genuine trust in Christ as the Son of God who died for us. When you just rely on Him to forgive your sins, to set you free, and then you surrender to His Lordship. That's switching on the light in your own life. I wonder. Maybe there's someone here who's been involved in the occult, or who's been heading in this direction. Repent. Turn away. Maybe you've already begun to feel the weird influences. God will free you if you will turn to Jesus Christ and commit your life to Him, surrender to Him, and ask Him to free you. Maybe you've never cut on the switch in your own life. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus Christ or trusted Him. You can do it right now, this morning. Let's bow in prayer. And if you've never committed your life to Christ, but you want to do so and you mean business, in your heart you pray the prayer that I pray out loud right now. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge the darkness of my soul. I acknowledge my guilt. I need someone who can save and who can show me the path that I should take. I believe you are that one. I invite you right now by faith to come into my heart to give me freedom, to give me life. And I surrender to you as my master in Jesus' name. Amen.